I did get to play a match. It was me, Luis Hernandez, a guy from Brazil, a girl from Brazil versus like a German team with Lofer Mateos, and they beat us. But Lofer Mateos fouled me like flat out because I took the ball away from him, and he, he's like, "Get up! There's no crying in football." He really <laughs> did say that. Awesome. And yeah, uh, I played correct me if I'm wrong. So you were playing in your Crocs. Yeah, I played with Crocs. They didn't tell me. They're like, "Hey, by the way, we're gonna play a game." I'm like, "Okay, I don't have anywhere." I'm like, "I'm just gonna stay on the sideline." He's like, "No, go in." I'm like. I have Crocs. Represento mi bandera, lo grito por donde quiera. Mexicano 100%, no existe ni una barrera. Mucho menos no separa una frontera. Con papel o sin papeles, yo vivo a mi manera. No me importa en cualquier país. Si el cielo se pone negro, gris. Escuchando a Gerardo Ortiz. Celebrando fiestas patrias con dos Genesis. Cantamos mariachi y en acapela. Miramos a diario con los jefes. La pinche novela. Hello, amigos of Fachovia's RV, with another episode of Via's podcast. Wow, two back-to-back weeks, but, uh, you know, there's a lot going on. We all couldn't fit it back. Yeah, along with me, of course, is a fabulous and new glamorized. <laughs> What's going on, G? Hi, everyone. Yeah, we're going to get, like, really busy from now on. A lot of content, a lot of exciting news and things are coming up. So, yes, let's yeah. do this. Let's go, like uh, my good friend and good people say out there in uh, Via's land. So let's go ahead and get started. Now, G, um, last time we had, um, you know, we did an interview with um, some folks that actually lived in Qatar. They're part of the Supreme Committee. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we learned a lot. So, you know, a lot of folks were actually tuning in because they want to know what to expect, what to see, what to go, what, where to go. Uh, but today, as we promised and we teased last episode, that we're going to have two actually two members we're getting uh, two guests um who actually were there recently right G? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah exactly exciting like living the experience from very early on and knowing how to like travel around the city and what to eat and what to look at and overall like having that first approach to the Qatar experience like it, that's awesome so yeah we have like two very special guests uh, I might call them somewhat special. Okay, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're good friends of the program. We've had them on before. Uh, and again, I think it's actually better to have, yes, we had the Supreme Committee guests telling us, and a lot of people were like, yeah, but, you know, they're probably, you know, they're probably just saying, you know, whatever. You know what? Hey, we're going to add another layer, and we're going to bring folks that we know and that were there recently to give us their experience. We'll also talk about the World Cup qualifier draw. Uh, finally made it they you know what happened in the draw what they were actually there right so talk about that experience um and then also talk about the upcoming matches because there are going to be several here in the states uh next orlando try to give you as much information that we have real time and then of course we'll wrap it up with our post or social media post of the week so with that let's go ahead and bring our guest g who do we have and who do we have who are we bringing onto the stage uh, I don't know. What, uh, okay, pick number one. Uh, again, I think it's his third time here. I don't know. Uh, by popular demand. And he's like officially an influencer right now. And you should look up all of his content. Very exciting. Please welcome the one and only Wiso Vasquez. Officially an influencer. What? Officially what, an influencer. What, what, like, yeah, no, you're, no. You're, you're like posing with your with your tuxedo, tuxedo, and uh, the red carpet and the yeah, guitar sign. Right. Influencers have a bad name, so I'll stick to content. What's wrong creators. with influencer? What's wrong with that? Uh, everybody makes. There's like there there are accounts that's like look at all these influencers. Like okay, okay, cut, 
content creator. Content creator, maybe. I'm sorry. No, oh, no, no. my God. A pleasure to be here. A pleasure to be in the presence of uh, both of you who uh, do an amazing job, Z. Uh, we were just in Mexico City having the time of our lives and watching Mexico not be able to score and, and got to finally meet, you know, uh, G, that boot girl. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> uh, yes, so I'm, uh, I'm, I'm in awe in the presence of both of you once again, and now I'm part of this podcast again. So, yes, thank you. So, so yeah, so cor- correction. Um, content. I'm sorry. Content. No, no, it's fine. You have to, like, you have to, like, bleep me and, like, I will. I'll I want to know. Over, like I content creator. Before, uh, uh, your your makeup department because you Z and also G who looks flawless. I, I was thinking like, can we get that in the green room? There was no makeup department for me. <laughs> but uh, in the green room, there. and he's not an influencer. Okay. Yeah. Well, no, he's not. Really. Anyway, it's funny because when you were saying like you were saying he was an influencer, I can tell we said going like okay. <laughs> he's like what? <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> I could totally see him getting all, all like, okay. All right. Who else do we have in store, G? I mean, because Weasel's not it. We're going to get, we're going to add to the celebrity status here, another level. Okay. So from the media side, from the like very, I, I, I don't want to say influencer because he kind of come for me too. So I, I just want to say that he's a very, uh, <laughs> so yeah. Uh, TV personality. Is that okay? Is that yeah. okay? There you go. If you think Gabby's the influencer. <laughs> oh my god okay stop it stop it carlos justice hi please come here please <laughs> I, I, i'm just enjoying the the, the the banter of the of the content creation i mean oh my uh, god <laughs> i'm sorry I think, I think i messed up the intro for carlos justice. when he joins it should be more like <laughs> there you yeah go. Yes. <laughs> awesome. all right you guys Hi, you guys! Really, really excited to be here. Um, I mean, for us, for us particularly, it's it's really exciting the fact that uh, the bro- we're the official broadcasters for the World Cup in Spanish and in the U.S. So, you know, it's awesome. it's it's not just it's not just being there. It's the responsibility of having our second World Cup. Um, two out of the three that we we still have on on deck. Uh, the 2026 will still be with us, but really excited for what is to come. Uh, what we have in you know on deck. Uh, there's still a lot of things that are getting hashed out on who's going to be our team of analysts. But there's some big names out there that you really, really, really enjoy. I mean, I still, again, we don't have a full list, but it's going to be a great World Cup for us. Uh, would, it, would it potentially be um, world-class influencer Luis Vasquez in that list? I'm going to be surprised. It's the first time I ever actually know somebody who's walking the red carpet that I'm not like interviewing, but I'm friends with. To me, it was a there big plus there. It's like, wait, I'm friends with somebody who's walking the red carpet? Not just so, like, hey, could you, so, would you mind talking to me? So Live. he's an influencer. He is. No. Oh, okay. No. <laughs> That's, That's it. So cool you know, Telemundo having the rights, it's, it's, you guys do such a great job, and especially, you know, in Espanol, because I, I don't remember, yeah, it's always, it's always in this canto, so I always heard, you know, his World Cup voice, so that's pretty cool. Well, I remember last time we had Carlos the first time, he did, you know, I remember you telling us a story when you actually did um, broadcast or did do play-by-play mm-hmm. for some of the, like, random, not the random teams, but not the most well-popular teams, and you were just, like, in the middle of the night, so that was a cool story, knowing when you started to where you're at now, you know, that's pretty cool. Yeah, uh, I'm still. I still can't believe it. it will be my second World Cup, which is also something I like never, never thought about. Uh, oddly enough, four years ago I was following Argentina, 
Um, I was a I was a field reporter for for Argentina. I spent all forty days that I was in Russia with with with, with Argentina, uh, following following Messi and, and company. So this one might be a little different. I think I was gonna be with somebody else. Uh, I still not confirmed, but hopefully it'll be it'll be good. Nice, nice. Well, good, good luck. Yeah, good news. So um, let's talk about, we have a lot to discuss. Uh, first of all, again, both of you, if you don't know, we already talked about it. But they, you were both in Qatar not that long ago, maybe about a week ago or so. Um, definitely want to hear your perspective again. It's my understanding. We So you were there first. You flew out there first. And then, Carlos, you went a few days later. If, I'm, if my timelines and my stocking uh, is, is accurate. Um, big fans of you, by the way. I follow you and love everything you do. All right. So. Uh, Wiso, tell us about your journey, man. I'm going to show some pictures up as well as you're going uh, and telling us your journey. Yes. The influencer. <laughs> uh, yeah, I got a chance uh, through, uh, yeah, I got a chance to go to Qatar, which is which is really cool. Is, um, the opportunity to come. They invited 35 different types of fans, content creator, podcasters. Some of them are like influencers. When, when I say like there's influencers, there's people that have like millions of followers. I don't have millions. So I, w- I was I was on the other side. Um, there were a couple people from England that were podcasters. Uh, they podcast about West Ham. So I really think they took like a variety of people, and they uh, they chose they chose me for the work that I've done with the Mex Nation, the work that I've done with Mexican Soccer Show. Um, oh, you know my my socials. You can you can see I've, I've attended World Cups, and here's some pretty cool pictures that uh, that that were leaked to to Z. Um, exclusive <laughs> exclusive that uh, these were not. Put, uh, published anywhere but yeah and uh when i got the news hey you know come represent mexico and represent specifically the mexicans in the united states right um so i got to go and and talk to the organizers for the world cup questions that you know we have i mean and got to sit down and ask you know this is what we're worried about this is what we want to do this is what we we came here for and come back and you know inform people and yeah so i had at the time of my life Getting there, uh, doing all the things that they, they took us to all these stadiums and uh, things to do, uh, but mostly represent Mexico and ask questions and be with other fans from all over the world that I've met. The super, super fans, which are really cool crowd of like the caramelos, right? And there's one, you know, Pulpito, he's from Colombia. Mama Joy, she's from South Africa. There's a guy from Tunisia who doesn't speak any English or Spanish and he was there with us. And these guys are like the life. Everywhere they go, they're singing, and people take pictures of them. And it's it's crazy that they all know each other. They all and so anytime you see, I know people, you know, say Caramelo Wisey there all the time. They network around, and you know, and they'll stay at each other's houses if the if they're flying somewhere. So they all know each other. There's a little network of like super 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 fans, and uh, people love it. People eat it up. So I had an amazing time, and then it ended with the drawing. I'm sure we're gonna talk about it. So lots lots yeah. That's cool, man. I mean, definitely, you got you got some good good videos. I mean, I also saw some of your TikToks. You kind of walked through your day, or day one. This is what I experienced, yeah. and I, it was really cool to get those, you know, quick little just stories, right, or vignettes of, of what you were working on. Um, I'll tell you right now, you know, you're around social media influencers when there is a presence of el what what is it whatever tomorrow? What what's his name? Whatever. Oh yeah, whatever tomorrow. That guy's an yeah. influencer. That guy's an influencer. <laughs> and he was there, right? Here's how we know I'm not an influencer. There was an influencer cup of it at the stadium where they brought like the best influence from all the world. I wasn't even invited. So the, he's from Mexico, not letting this go. He's not letting this go. He, he, he was is whatever tomorrow. I was I got to talk to the guy. 
and I think we won. I think he won because it was like a little futbolito. In, uh, in, 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 in the defense of whoever played, the F2 were playing. I mean, if you have the F2 in your, if you guys never follow the F2, the F2 is uh, these two guys who do this crazy stuff. They play a lot of a lot of times they ask them why they didn't become professionals and they're just because they say that they're not fit enough to actually play it but their touch is immaculate like they're they, yeah. they're doing they've done stuff with gareth bale and karim benzema and and Oliver Giroud, and they're crazy so if you have them on your team most likely it's gonna go well are they are <laughs> they i mean let me understand i don't i'm not fairly familiar with them carlos but when you were saying that i was picturing so are they like the harlem globetrotters of soccer <laughs> basically Basically, and they get invited. They, they've they've done stuff with Real Madrid, with Barcelona, Tottenham, Arsenal, Manchester United, like and and, they, and I think they actually have a sponsor with Adidas. So you know, yeah. these these guys are are, are top top notch. So ah. so yeah, no no wonder no wonder they won. I did get to play a match. It was me, Luis Hernandez, a guy from Brazil, a girl from Brazil versus like a German team with Lothar Mateus, and they beat us. But Lothar Mateus fouled me like flat out because I took the ball away from him, and he, he's like. Get up! There's no crying in football. He really did say that. Awesome. And yeah, uh, I played correct me if I'm wrong. So you were playing in your Crocs. Yeah, I played with Crocs. <laughs> they didn't tell me. They're like, "Hey, by the way, we're gonna play a game." I'm like, "Okay, I don't have anywhere." I'm like, "I'm just gonna stay on the sideline." He's like, "No, go in." I'm like, "I have Crocs, but I played anyway." It was cool. It was awesome, even though we lost. <laughs> Nobody gave you a hard time at all. Any of the players? Nobody cared. Go. Nobody cared. Nobody cared. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, we'll take a pause there. So thank you, Lisa. I appreciate you telling us, you know, your, your, your journey leading up to it. I still want to talk more about some of the things you experienced, some of the people that you, uh, that you, of uh, course, cross path, paths with. But let's go to Eustis now. So Eustis, you went a few days later. Again, it was on, it was on assignment. Um, tell us about your, your journey uh, leading up to when you finally saw <laughs> Mr. Wiso on the red carpet. Well, uh, I actually, you know, I'm going to spend... 45 days uh, for the World Cup. Once it, it comes around, we're we're gonna be flying a couple days early and then staying all the way to to the final, which to me is really exciting because last time I did get, didn't get to the second round. Um, but this time around, since I only flew for that, uh, I was there for a total of 49 hours, and I was on a plane for 34 hours. So <laughs> there, I didn't get to see much <laughs> uh, of, of of anything. But uh, you obviously get to you know. Had meetings with the broadcaster meetings, uh, things that gear up on how, how things are going to be uh, are going to be done. Uh, one of the things that I really call my attention is that this time around they're fighting a lot more of video and things for, for you to, to promote the World Cup. Usually those things are a little more you know tight. Um, so there's going to be a lot a lot of things that, that you're going to be seeing on, on content creation on part of the actual uh, World Cup committee. And then uh, my first assignment, believe it or not, was to play soccer. Like they literally took me because uh, every time there's a FIFA Congress, we obviously went to the Congress. Um, it was, I think, out of the three or four Congresses I've done, this one was a little more tense um, because of some of the topics that were, you know, um, debated and, and talked about. Um, but after the Congress, they always have a tournament, and the way that tournament works is that FIFA makes a team, and then each confederation makes a team. So there's a team for Concacaf, there's a team for Comebol, there's a team for UEFA, so on and so forth. And this time around, they actually did one for the sponsors and one for the broadcasters. Uh, they divide you into groups and you play a tournament. And it's games of 12 minutes. So they li I literally flew in just to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so the, my first day, it was literally going in the morning, shooting something real quick, looking at the looking at what happened on the draw. And then uh, they assigned me on, 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 the, on the pink team. That was the broadcaster team. And, uh, well, you see, that I had uh, Rafa Van der Bart and, and Thiago Mendes on, on my team. 
uh, I think Steven Pleticosa was also on our team. He was playing forward, not de defender, because uh, Nico Cantor was my, my goalkeeper. And we played, I think our group our group was the organizing committee from Qatar, uh, Africa, and Conmebol. And I mean, it, it's just a little tough when in Conmebol you have Neri Pumpido as the goalkeeper, then Antonio Valencia was the defender, then you have Pupi Sanetti, uh, Diego Forlan, and Bebeto on the same team, and, and you're playing against them. So overall, that, I, that day was a great experience. I, I've never thought, uh, I mean, my, my dreams when I was playing trying to make it I one day I said I might be able to you know get to that level I didn't but it, the fact that I can play with these stars and just be on them like even 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 the fact that I was marking uh, for land or, or marking marking Sanetti and Sanetti was like blowing past me it was it was a great experience then we had a we had a dinner where I got to, to chat with them a little bit um also what their expect their expectations in the world cup and I think most of most of us realized that or are, are agreeing on the fact that it's it's going to be a very good World Cup, uh, especially le level-wise, because the fact that they move it to November helps the players uh, physically. Uh, most of the times when the, when the World Cups are in the summer, they come from, you know, their, their performance curve is always going up to try to finish as strong as they can in April, May, so they can, you know, win the tournaments or whatever they're, they're playing for. And then there's, you know, the recovery phase before going into preseason. And usually, in that space is where the international tournaments happen. This one, it's the complete opposite. When the when the performance curve is actually going up, and and it's about to reach the, their peak in like January, February, they're gonna have the World Cup. So I think a, lo a lot of us agree that playing wise, it's probably gonna be one of the best World Cups we've seen. The fact that there's not gonna be a lot of traveling is gonna help the teams a lot on recovery and and, and things like that, because the furthest stadium one from the other is five hours away in a car. So. All those things make it for an exciting World Cup, and and hopefully, hopefully that it lives up to the expectation. Um, the only thing I'm hoping, based on your analysis there, Carlos, I just hope that um, Messi is not at his peak. He's kind of, more, <laughs> uh, but we only well, see him one game, so it's not that. Bad. <laughs> <laughs> that you know, we'll talk more about that here in a second. And but, um, all right. So you both were out there again, Carlos. That was awesome for your first assignment. I mean, going and playing, and and, and but you know, I'm I, I don't know about you, G, but I'm finding out that you know we're around two two gentlemen that got to play with with star athletes, and they both lost. What the heck? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yo estaría feliz si pierdo anyway. I mean, just the experience of playing with them, right? Yeah, just to, just to give you a hint, the team who won, and I'm not gonna say which team won, just you know, to keep it civil, but the team who won. <laughs> had on their team Iker Casillas, Marco Materazzi, Javier Mascherano, Andrea Pirlo, and Didier Drogba. Like, mm. if I got those on my team, there might be a chance I could have won a couple of games, but I didn't. <laughs> I mean, that's that's a team you play like on FIFA for like one of those, you know, games and you, just, like, you have a super team right there. Yeah, this is it's crazy. Did awesome. you find... Diego Forlan being like smaller than you thought, because I always thought he was like really tall. I I fortunately uh, got to meet Diego in Russia, and we worked together. Uh, Diego was part of our commentator uh, group for for the, for the FIFA World Cup in Russia. So, actually, I think one of the advantages of him knowing me was that he didn't smoke me as bad as I thought he would, because he <laughs> he was like, "Oh, I I know Carlitos, he'll be he'll be fine." So I there was Carlitos. there was there was, there was, a, there was a ball there was a ball that he tried to do something really fancy. I took it away, and he didn't chase me down. And I know he would have easily come and like take me down, and he, oh, he yeah. let me go. So That's I I appreciate Diego Forlan for that. <laughs> now, we so I know that you met um, several other you know you know you know 
star athletes, uh, past, you know, past, present, and what have you. Um, there's a picture that you shared of one um, that you, you bumped into, and it's not a – I mean, yeah, I guess he was maybe a player, but he was definitely a coach. Um, tell us about this encounter. <laughs> Bora. Bora is he's, – he's hilarious. Bora lives in, in Qatar, and uh, he's there. He was there for the flag-raising ceremony where, um, you know, when Mexico qualified on that Wednesday – there was a little ceremony there for all of, uh, you know, for for the fans that were there in in in, in Qatar. And uh, Bora showed up to uh, to kind of to, to be there. Obviously, if you remember Bora in 1986, and he I think took Costa Rica in 1990, the U.S. in '94. I think uh, other uh, I think did he take Korea? I think it was. Anyways, uh, anyways, he so, took, didn't he take China to, to his China. World Cup? China. It's my bad. Yeah, China to a World Cup. I think even Bosnia. And anyways, he's taken to. Lots of lots of the lots of teams in the World Cup, and he was there to kind of talk about um, you know Mexico and the U.S. making there. Uh, but he is hilarious. He he's such a he's such a fun individual out there. We were laughing because um, a reporter was asking us questions at the same time and 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 talking about Mexico. But he he's really uh, he won't say what's his favorite team, so he always dances around it because he has so many fans everywhere. But uh, he you know he told he told me he really really liked. Uh, Mexico. Then I saw him again after the the draw, and he he just he's always he's always funny. And I'll tell you, he's always like, if Mexico if Mexico le pone huevos, ganamos la copa. <laughs> <laughs> like he's that guy, right? He's 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 that guy. So really really awesome. And uh, it's, it's funny that he remembered me for the draw because we were kind of together in this kind of like press uh, over there at the at the uh, flag waving ceremony. <laughs> that is fun. so cool, man. So that that's that's amazing. The fact that you got to you know be there. Not I mean, I just gotta I just gotta call out that we still just you know didn't hold back. I mean, look at that laugh. I mean, that talk about whatever he said was like you know oh my goodness. I mean, seriously, he's fanboying to whatever. We're happened. laughing. We're laughing. I got I got I got some comments taken to me and DMing me about the hat choices. But uh, of why I, I would be wearing that uh, kind of – it was a friend that was there. If you see, I think you're able to see Caramelo on the, on the left, like his hat up there. I had a sombrero, and I gave it to this uh, my uh, friend Mercedes because she didn't have a hat, and she had this one. So yeah. I was like, let's switch. So we switched over, and uh, I was kind of – I was doing like a Norteño kind of Monterrey type of look with, uh, with that. So <laughs> it, it worked. It worked. Plus, it was really hot. Carlos, you were there. Like the sun was beating, and I was like, I'm wearing a hat. So so let's talk about that real quick. So we're in Arizona, dude. We know hot. No, the funny thing is, is that we go, right? So everyone's like, look at the desert. Look at the dunes. Look how hot it was. And I'm like, this is like my outside backyard. It really did. Like going into the one of the, the far stadium. Um, I forgot the name of it. The Albite, Albite Stadium, which is the farthest away, almost 45 minutes to an hour. I honestly thought we were, and I've driven to Mexico. I've driven to Mazatlan. I really thought we were like in Sinaloa because, like, it just it just looked desert, nowhere else. And then you know that there's a coast over there uh, with these highways that are new. And I was like, this is kind of like you know northern Mexico almost. And then if you go to San Diego, you know they have the dunes, right? See, you have yep. those big giant dunes. So I, I wasn't like, I wasn't like, oh my gosh, sand dunes literally like an hour away from here we have giant sand dunes so to oh, me yeah. the desert i live here uh and it's even almost the same old like beige look brown light brown look on all the you know on on some of the uh, architecture and i was like 
this is kind of like Casa Grande over here in uh, in Arizona. But it was really cool to see. Um, obviously, it gets really, really hot in the summer. That there's like work stops and or people are only working from 11 p.m. to to 6 a.m. like their shifts. But um, I was there. It was chilly. It was chilly at night. It was a little bit warm when we were in that flag racing because we we're in the sun all day. But outside of that, it looked like the temperatures in November are going to be cold, Carlos. No, like we're going to be yep. cold. It's going to be one of the coldest World Cups. Yeah, I, I think that was a, that was a good call on their part. I, I the first day before I played, I I went out there in the same right right where we saw us. The area is called Corniche. Uh, Corniche. Um, right in front of the one of the government palaces because there's no other way to put it. Um, yeah. and, and 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 he's and he faces the water. And it, I, I felt the same. I felt it was hot, but it wasn't you know like scorching hot, like desert desert hot, or at least not at that temperature. And then when when I saw how, how kind of that levels up for or levels down by by the end or the beginning of, of the winter, um, it seems like it's going to be really nice. Like the weather is going to be really nice. Um, obviously, being a desert, the the extremes are very noticeable. So whatever temperatures in the morning it's definitely not going to be at night that it will be the complete opposite and even the day like when i was playing when i was playing it was beautiful it was at night the, the, the lights mm-hmm. were on and and we had to be in the 60s so yeah i think it's going to be I, and also remember that most of the stadiums are actually air conditioned um so they have everything put, put in place so so everything works out um i guess they're the only you know concerns like in the fan fest if you spend a lot of time in the sun like they're you know might want to take care of yourself yeah. but that's about it Rostov was hot in Russia, like a hundred degrees more. Like that was one of the hottest places. I'm like, why? It's it's so hot. So, uh, if if I mean, we didn't have fans, but Tokyo was like 115 degrees, yeah, 104 wow. degrees. Obviously, there wasn't fans, and and they didn't have to to deal with that. But Tokyo was significantly hot. Uh, summers in summers in in Japan are, are very very hot. Wow. Okay. Well, it's good to know. Again, you know. This is not that's not going to be the the weather life, but you're already saying it. Just be prepared for cooler weather when you go. In yeah, it's gonna be cool. Yeah, so which is which is cool. I mean, hey, I mean that's not bad. And a lot of the stadium, where all the stadiums, right, were were open, right? They're open air. Um, so let's actually talk about the stadium. So how many stadiums did you get to see in person? I know that you know I think you actually had to play in one. You got to see zero, Carlos. Really? Well, what did you play like in the backyard or something? No, uh, outside. Uh, I remember the name of the stadium, uh, but the main stadium in Doha. Um, outside, to I, they were telling me like five years ago they built this complex. It's called the uh, I, I remember this the Sphere. I think it's called the Sphere. Um, and they they build these fields, and it's like. 10, 15 fields are all natural grass. There's an indoor, there's an indoor field for the summer. Um, kind of, it looks, it, it looks a little bit where the, where the, where England trains. It looks a lot like St. George. Um, and it's, it's just a sports complex and they built it around, around the world cup. Um, so it's, so it's kind of like a, like a satellite place. And, and that's where, that's where we ended up playing. But I, di- I didn't personally get to go to the stadiums. I know our crew went and, and visited all of them. You know, you still need to see positions and where things are going to be. So, so they were there. But again, like since I was there for forty-eight hours, I I didn't see any of the stadiums. Yep, uh, we saw. I know you saw one. I think you saw the container one, right? Yes, nine. Oh, I always forget. Seven, nine, four. Seven, nine, nine seventy-four. Nine hundred and seventy-four different containers. Is is that's what we named it? So like, why is it called nine seventy-four? Because there's nine hundred seventy-four containers. They they picked they picked nine hundred seventy four containers because nine seven four is a code for Qatar on the telephone. Got it. There uh, you, you go. Call Qatar the the country code is nine seven four. So they That's decided it. to put nine hundred seventy four containers to make an homage or to their own number. 
Yeah. We were, we took a boat to it, which just kind of on the coast, right? We just went like, um, you don't need a boat to go there, but we, we took a boat from the center to, to it. Yeah. And uh, we didn't know that's where Mexico was going to play, right? Mexico was going to play uh, Poland there. And it really is like 974 containers put together strategically. Obviously there's, there's other stuff that goes on it. And the whole stadium is like that. Even inside, I got to go to the locker room. It's all like containers. Um, that one, yeah, no, no, wait, that's another, that's Albite, Albite Stadium. Those are the dressing rooms in Alba and Albite Stadiums. Um, but, um, but yeah, it was, it was really cool. The cool things about most of these stadiums is that after the world cup, they're going to, they're, they're going to take the top off and and donate it to Africa. I think one of them was, um, this one right here, Albite Stadium is like a giant tent, like a huge, huge tent. Not the one that looks like a tiramisu that I mentioned before, kind of like a tiramisu dessert, kind of layered. That is that I, 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 no, I don't think this one is. And then Lusail Luce, <laughs> Stadium, which is like the main stadium, also eighty thousand. Is gonna that, that, that one's one. gonna stay there, the big one. I got to I got to go there. And there's one more where we went to a to a um, we went to a museum, which is really cool, next to the stadium, which is the history of sports museum. It really is. It takes you about you know where almost all sports kind of came from. Um, and, uh, that was right next to the stadium. I don't remember which stadium it was, but, oh, it was Khalifa. It was, uh, it was the Al Khalifa stadium. So, um, yeah, so the stadiums are, are pretty cool. Little different is that there's only one that's 80,000. Every other stadium is around 40,000. So it's going to be a world cup where there's not, you're not going to have like these huge, huge stadiums, you know, where, uh, where, you know, people, because again, it's only in one city. So talking about all the fans that are going there's going to be it's going to be a different type of world cup where it's not like you can just take off and just go into the atmosphere because they don't want you know they want to make sure everyone has a room to where to stay in they want accommodations to make sure to go to people that are going to stadiums so if you're planning on like hey I'm just going to go there I don't have a ticket I don't have a room it, you're going to need a lot more than it was in Russia people they try to do that in Russia and it doesn't matter just as long as you got there and you'll figure out how to get a stadium and and sleep in the park that's going to be different in Doha because everything will be monitored from your visa. In order for you to get your visa, you're going to need to get your, you know, your ticket and you need to get your hotel. And yeah, so, so yeah, so they want to monitor everything, but so there's not going to be a ton of people because it's just one city. The first time the world cup is in just one place, I one believe. Place. So you can go to two different matches in one day and you can. Yeah, Carlos, uh, anything on your end that you also noticed? So we'll just, now that we're talking about that, you know, what, what's going to be different about this World Cup that you're already seeing? So we talked about, you know, the weather, the time of the year, um, the stadiums. I love the fact that they're already thinking about what, what they're going to do with them next because we, we tend to see, right, these stadiums get built and then they kind of just fall apart, right, like South, um, South Africa, right? Yeah, I, I think that was the last – I mean, Brazil kind of like had the same stadiums in yeah. – I think only one of them really got abandoned because the whole thing that happened with Maracanã was was a political thing that really didn't have much to do with the stadium. Um, but after that, at least Russia, I remember I, I went to Nizhny Novgorod where Argentina played Croatia, and that was a modular stadium. So it's part of the idea of some of these things are usually to dismantle them. It's like, we're going to build these stadiums and dismantle it. Tokyo did the same with, with the, the Olympics. Like, we're going to build these things. They're going to be modular, and it's like Lego pieces. They just take it apart, and, and they ship it if they need it somewhere else or, or to become something else. Yeah. I, I think one of the things that I, I really noticed or, or that it's going to be very different, first, the influx of, of fans, uh, how that's going to has, has gonna be done. A lot of uh, a lot of 
some people were telling me that there's a chance some fans would actually stay in Dubai. Uh, Dubai is a 30-minute yeah. 30, 30 flight from Doha. So they'll fly to Dubai, do everything over there, and then just fly for the day of the game, be there for the game, and then come back. So I think a little bit of the influx and the color of, of, of the people might look a little different than other World Cups. Um, not so much inside the stadium, not so much for the games, but just like the, the, the satellite things that happen around are not going to be the same as we've seen in other World Cups. Yeah. And it, the flavor might not be so lost because the difference is that even though it's going to be reduced, Everything's everybody's gonna be there. The, the, the distance is so so small mm -hmm. that you still be able to to see it, because if they had the same kind of control in in a bigger space like Russia was, where you could fly from one city to the other and it was like a five hour flight, um, it will kind of you know wash out a little bit. But here, I think because of the concentration of people, it's it's gonna be in. And there's a lot of infrastructure that they're building specifically for these things. So it'll be more of a it, there's gonna be, gonna be a lot of test run of some of these things when people start getting there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and again, it seems like this, you know, you being out there this past few weeks was kind of like they're also a mini test run for them, right? To kind of see how things are going to, you know, I know it wasn't a lot of people they invited. It was just a select few, but at least it's an opportunity to get, get, get uh, your impressions, kind of see how, you know, just, just testing the waters. I imagine there's going to be a lot of that um, leading up to it, like you said, Carlos. Um, yeah, let's I'm very curious about something. I'm sorry. Uh, and I think a lot of people are going to be curious about this, the atmosphere. Like when we had the interview with Isabel and Yesenia, something that came up with was the fact that um, uh, Qatar is a country where like maybe women or like, you know what I'm saying? Like what, what, is, what was that when you were there? Yeah. We saw? I think. Um, I... Go, ahead. No, go ahead, Carlos. Well, no, no, they ask you. Go, go ahead. Oh, I'm okay. sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Look, um, yeah, I think it's a, it's a valid concern. Um, I, I think they know that. You know, as far as when we were when we were talking to the organizers, it's a World Cup is a diff. It, you know, when, when the World Cup starts, just so many people that are going to be there. I feel like the atmosphere is going to be like other World Cups, even when our little group of 20 people who were women who were part, uh, you know, all over the world, when we would go to like these places where um, like the markets, it, it, it all of a sudden we became like, you know, there's all these people from all over the world that are here and they're taking pictures with us. Um, you know, women are either in traditional um, headdresses over there. You know, there's the girl from Brazil, you know, she, you still have to be modest, but it wasn't like she had to cover up or anything like that because they knew tourists are coming in and it's going to be a culture shock for both. Um, yeah. But it's, it is something that people are questioning. So I feel like once the World Cup starts, when everybody's there from around the world, I feel like it's, it, you know, the games are about to start. Everybody's going to be, is going to be excited. We kind of saw that in the World Cup draw. Like it wasn't like I was in another part of the world when we we're at the World Cup draw with the excitement that's there and everybody's waiting to see who we're going to play. Like you forgot that you might be in a country where, yes, it's a little different. You know, mm -hmm. uh, you have to wear a certain type of clothing. Uh, be, you know, you can't be full on, you know, uh, mostly, you know, partying until six o'clock in the morning. And yeah, those are questions that we raised too. We're like, hey, you know, we don't go to bed at midnight at two o'clock like they do here. Like, what are we going to do until 6 a.m.? <laughs> you know, like, what? how are you going to have us out and, you know, in the in in the parks or celebrating and it's like well you're you're coming into a, a different type of the world and we have to respect each other and that comes from both sides we have to respect yeah. them and they have to respect us because you know 
somos bien desmadrosos, you know, we're going to be in there. So there, I'm sure there are going to be a ton of be like, you can't do that here. Um, mm -hmm. And how are they going to police it? I don't know. I don't know, Carlos. What do you think? Yeah, I think for, for whoever is planning on going, I think what, what Wiso said, it, it is a very conservative country in a lot of senses. Um, there's a lot of other things that are culturally way different to, to how we're used to them. And I think they're, they have... They have enough information out there, especially from the from the organizing committee and and from from FIFA in, in general, on on kind of like standard rules for you to know and to follow. And it's kind of there's going to be also a little bit of leniency from the yeah. organizing committee and from the country to to whoever comes because they know you're you're not going to adapt to those things like right away. And there'll be a lot of communication in in, in maybe what we're saying like, hey, listen, like we we do this thing here like this, like please do this or do that. And I think it's part of I think it's going to be a good a good trial of, of respect of your your cultures like this, and I need to uh, kind of like abide to it. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you have to be lenient enough to understand that I'm here just for a couple of things, like for a couple of days for a party for a party of world soccer, and mm -hmm. you also have to adapt to that. So I think there's going to be a lot of that. There's going to be some clashes more more likely in in certain things depends on how <laughs> how crazy you take it. Um, but I think it's it's part of also being informed. So on your part, like learn as much as you can. There's a, there's certain things, especially out of respect, just with people um, that had that had nothing to do with with the laws on how they like how they can treat like they treat other people. It's just certain things on their culture and like and even happened like it happened to us when we went to Japan. Like Asia in general has a very different culture. You go to Japan, there's certain things that they do in a certain way, and and they expect mm -hmm. you to know those things because they're just like the bare minimum that you can do. Mm -hmm. So here's the same. There's a bare minimum. At least learn the bare minimum so you can you know have a better experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One of the biggest questions that I, I got, and believe me, we asked, is you know, uh, is there alcohol? <laughs> like uh, I've gotten so many messages. Like, so are we gonna be able to drink? Like seriously, it's a concern. <laughs> and uh, the answer is yes. I mean, there's gonna be there's gonna be you know places where you can't. It's not like there's liquor stores everywhere. It's not like there's gonna be grocery stores where you can buy alcohol. But there will be opportunities in the fan fest, all the hotels. You know, there's there's certain areas where you can. And it's you know it's not like like in the U.S. you can't just be out drinking out in public. You know, there's certain places. Just take Terrible. out bars and groceries and and you know hotels. There's clubs. I at my hotel there was like a nightclub in like uh, on the second floor that was you know I'm like hey, I, I'm trying to go to bed here because I got to wake up at seven and I could hear the bass music so um, there's and even talking to people that live in Qatar my you know ignorant self so I'm like well so what do you guys do here and they're like oh we go out we yeah we, there's fun of places I can tell you a ton of places where we go and you know have fun with friends and you know they're in, uh, our our uh, videographer he's actually from Mexico and he um. He's been living there for a year, and he's like, I have fun all the time and uh, over the weekend. So it's not this conservative, everything, you know, everyone doesn't have fun. It's just different, and their customs and uh, cultural differences that we have that we have to learn and you have to respect. And believe me, as much as you are um, – you're respecting their culture, they're looking at yours and being like, that's cr that's great. You know, you coming out with a sombrero, oh, my gosh, everyone loves it. And it's it's so cool for people to be like, let me borrow, let me have it. Let me let me take a picture on it. And – are you from Mexico? Do you, you know, do you sing? It's like the question that I got. I'm like, no, no, no. So, and the answer is yes. We still sing. And then it's like, he does. Like, he does. The answer is always yes. Yeah. Now, how well you sing, that's a whole different conversation. Okay, I need proof. I know. We still can sing. He can belt no. it out. He said, we have video of him in karaoke out there. 
Sue Canada always comes back. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, look, yeah, you know, before you go, check to see what it is, and and but there are some hard questions that I ask. I'm like, hey, look, public display of affection, you know, they don't they yeah. don't like that. You can't just like make out with your wife, with your girlfriend, with your boyfriend, yeah, whoever in in public. That, that's that's like that's like our DNA as Mexicanos, man. We just yeah, and they're it. like, I'm like, you're gonna have to respect that. So you know, be careful. Are they gonna be policing? You just kiss your boyfriend, go to jail? No, right. But if you're causing a scene. It, I've seen those videos from Russia, you know, on the internet, like of all the crazy parties till 6 a.m. That's going to be different. Um, is there still going to be people? I think we're known that in every World Cup, un Mexicano hace algo that like sparks, uh, you know, media all over the world. Uh, it, like the right? gentleman who the gentleman who got lost for with his buddies for how many days? And then no, no, no. These are like, if you remember, <laughs> Carlos, you know what I'm talking about. I think. The guy, who, the guy who peed on the yes, on the on the flame, which is Mexico, uh, in 2014. Of the unknown, of the unknown soldier. Yeah. Of the unknown soldier in 2014, the guy that jumped off the cruise liner and we never found him again. Mexico. Right. It, it, yeah, and then I believe in in uh, in 2002, the train that has never stopped. One of the the and uh, un Mexicano pulled the uh, the emergency and for the first time in like. I don't know, some like, like 10, 20, 30 like years. When you go to like a, a factory and it says, you know, X many days without an incident. And yes, no, seriously, there's a record. <laughs> there's a record that like some drunk Mexican guy like went, all right, I'll stop it. And he stopped it. Let's uh, not be known for something. So I don't know. I don't know what's. Let, let, what's... Let's just hope that trend doesn't continue in Qatar. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, another looks... question. Go ahead. Food. Bring Food. Yeah. Yeah, what did you guys Fantastic. eat? Don't tell me you ate. Don't tell me you ate a taco and a burger, please. Like. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, I, I'm a vegetarian, so I was in heaven. There was so much yeah, food that was there. Indian. So, uh, from Indian food, everything around it, Arabic, like this, it was it was great. There's so much that we had, but then they're big meat eaters. Like they have like carne, uh, their form of carne asada, and all of these giant of these restaurants we went like these these huge like roasting lambs and food is going to be is you know if you like meat if you don't i think it's a it's a brace and it's also so new that you saw your and there's a mcdonald's right next to the albite stadium like right next to it i mean you're gonna get to go and get your quarter pounder and then go to a game and i'm like how are they gonna manage that so yeah you're well, you, here's the you here's a question here's the question of the, of the is there a denny's because that's what she likes denny's like but she goes any I'm country pretty sure has. there was a target like it's it's a brand new city that uh yeah i saw dude you did, Carlos, uh, you could buy a car at the uh, at the airport. <laughs> like, yes, there was like yes. a dealership inside the airport, and then a Mac store. Like, uh, 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 a, a BMW and Mercedes dealership, nonetheless. No, no, no yeah. Not like, not not like Kia. Like no, you know, no, no, no. Imagine going one of three series. And, and my mentality is this: Hey, you know what? I got to get to uh, you know, my, whatever my destination in Europe, but. There's a car. I'm just gonna go buy a car before I blown in a. <laughs> I get into a plane. You know what? So, yeah, it's like you know, I have five. I think I want to get the lucky six. You know what? I have uh, six. Let me get seven. <laughs> I mean, it, one one of the things that it's also part of like knowing knowing where you're going. Uh, Qatar is the biggest supplier of natural gas in the natural world. Gas. It's it's and the 16th country that produces the most oil. So it's it is a country that has a lot of money. And you can see it in in their architecture and in the way they, they, the constructions. Like you feel that, so like that, like 
food, that's the least of your concerns. That everything you can find everything from the market to like a five star, seven star experience. So yeah. and, and obviously there's like another level, right? Yeah. I lost I lost thirteen pounds in Russia. Like Rostov and where we were at, I could not find somewhere to eat after like eleven PM. I'm like, so I believe me. It was that happened to me in France. The the weirdest the weirdest thing we had. Uh, it was the day before the final of, of the, the U.S. was playing the, the Netherlands for the Women's World Cup, and we planned uh, let's go to dinner before the final, right? Let's celebrate that it's the end of our broadcast. We're gonna find a place to eat and this and that. We'll go as a team, and it was uh, Anna Jurga, Carota Vismanos, all these people. And <laughs> it's past nine o'clock, and everything is closed. We end up going oh. to McDonald's because it was the only <laughs> thing that was open. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. That, wow. This is kind of this is kind of hold on, really quick quick story. This is kind of in the cultural and food type of thing. Caramelo, uh, Hector, um, he stayed three days after um, we left in the uh, the the draw, which we left Friday. He's like, I'm gonna stay a couple of days to network because he like you know I might need a place to stay. Who can I talk to? Like, this is the kind of guy he is. He likes to network and be there and know and know he's there. Ramadan started on Saturday, which for those who don't know, Ramadan, you know they're fast through until 10 p.m. And he tells me, <laughs> I just realized it's Ramadan and there's nothing open. Like everyone, everything closes in the whole city of, you know, of Doha. So he's like, what am I going to do for the next three days? Nothing is open. Nobody, you know, grants you anywhere. You can't like, it, it's a ghost town. And that's what they say until 10 p.m., which is have these huge celebrations at 10 p.m. that you can go to a hotel or restaurant or whatever. But those are the things that, you know, going in there, knowing the culture is, yeah, maybe you're, he's not going to, he's like, what am I going to eat? You know? And so it was pretty funny to know that. I know can the imagine there's like a dealer out there with the coke going, no, I got some cuts. Want- I got- <laughs> Until I think it's a month long, it's a month long celebration. So, uh, so yeah, so yeah, that's crazy. All right, well, cool. Let's talk about the draw. Let's talk about the next year topic. So, you were there. We saw uh, Eustace as well. Uh, again, well, you know, I guess the question is, whatever your carpet. What were you wearing? What were you wearing? We saw. Uh, <laughs> I was wearing Hugo Boss with a uh, no. Um, they sent me an invite like first of all fifa sends you this by the way you get to go and i'm sorry carlos like you are going to the world cup draw send everything about you like you know what was your first pet's name and we need to do a background check uh have you been vaccinated when who was it it's it's like i felt like there's a huge question there i'm not kidding like they wanted everything you're going to a fifa official event and then and then it said Make sure it's, you know, it's formal. It is flat out formal. You cannot wear anything that's not, you know, that's, you know, like you can't wear a a sombrero or nothing. Like they flat out told you not to. And then they checked like three days before. Can you please send us a picture of what you're wearing? And I was like, what are you going to put my, my like tux on? So I literally like looked up black tux, black tie, white shirt. Here you go. And I sent him a picture of some other like model, right? Tell me (laughs) Caramelo brought his sombrero <laughs> he brought his jersey. he's like i don't care i'm bringing mine and you know what he did so cool to him it was it was uh it was such an amazing experience being there i f- i wasn't as hyped to the world cup yet i'm like it's seven months but when i i got in saw the world cup trophy the new ball all the players that are around and then the production it, it was it was really really cool to see and then you know obviously waiting until until we mexico was drawn you can see my little pin right there that i wore uh, from Mexico, but um, but yeah, so it was well, it was awesome. 
Tell me about those seats. I mean, those seats look like freaking look like just they look comfortable. First of all, those are like the, that's where the federation coaches and uh, very very important people were. So I moved up to the front just to take the picture, but that was, those are not my seat. I was uh, I was in the back. I think yeah, I was a little bit more into the back. So you had the those more, are like, like the, those, seats. Those, those those yeah, they look freaking fancy. All right, we have Nando's so, over there. Come here. Tell us about your uh, your experience in the draw. What did you see from your perspective besides Weasel? Well, exactly. Uh, usually I come from through a back entrance really, really early. Um, I got there like at noon, I think, and the draw was... Well, actually, I got there at 3, and the, and the draw was at 7. Um, they take you through a separate entrance. They check everything, your equipment, whatnot. I mean, this time around, I was actually just with, with whoever was covering as, as talent. So I didn't have to go through the whole security protocol of the cameras and, and everything that's there. Then you go to the media center. and the media center, we had our last rundown meeting, see how the, we were going to do the show. Um, I went to the truck to pick up a couple of stuff because then we had to go to the... I was in charge of the red carpet. So you go to the red carpet and you're in this little like square that you can like stand um, Funny enough, I was standing right next to, I think it was Bean Sports, uh, which is the actual Al Jazeera you know, conglomerate in, in in Dubai. I was with the, with that sports on one side, and with with Turen on the other side, and and it was Chris Stoichkov and, and Andres Vaca. So I got to like chat with them while we waited, um, and then after that, I was just you know recognizing the faces and and, and talking to them. Uh, went back inside. Uh, watch the draw on, on in the media center because I didn't have a seat inside the, the, the room. The white, the white luxury chairs. You didn't have I, not, not even not even the, not even the back chair that we was talking about. That was, I, was I, I watched it through a screen. But before the draw is over, uh, I need to move to where everybody from the delegation is going to come out, so then I can interview them again. So and it, this happens to me even on games. Like people just sometimes think that it's great to go watch the World Cup game. I've never watched the last fifteen minutes of any game I ever broadcasted yep. because I, I have to go downstairs to do my interviews. Like a quick story too: when Argentina qualified for the second round in in Russia, that goal that Marco Rojo scored against uh, Nigeria, the header, I didn't watch the goal. My my remember the the my my memory from that it's the press guy running in and hugging me and it's like we made it that's it <laughs> like, yeah, well it's not all it's not all it's not all this like you know people think it's fam and glam i mean you there's work you guys are working man. Yeah. you guys are doing your thing and 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 you know it, there's a lot of cool stuff to get to see but also again you know you, sometimes you have to miss out on those opportunities unfortunately but yeah. gonna... if you want to get like a good like spot in like mix zones if you're impressed and when I've done it and you have to leave like 10 minutes early so you can get a good spot and then you don't know what happens or you're writing a story and you're like okay I gotta or some a late goal you're like oh no now I gotta change everything about my story so uh, yeah it's I definitely know what Carlos L- is lucky, luckily usually there's a screen there so you can watch the end so at least you get to watch like at least you get to watch what's, what's happening you just lose a vantage point or whatever you were before the live yeah so now walk me through when the actual pick happened, right? So, you know, Mexico was drawn in Group C with, of course, now we know Argentina, Saudi Arabia, and Poland. Tell me about your, your reactions when that, you know, when it was actually drawn. Did you have that feeling like, oh, it's coming? Or was it like, oh, my gosh, what, what happened? I mean, just have, walk me through this, especially we saw you were there, and, of course, Carlos from your vantage point. On my, on my end, it was... But we knew everybody from Group A, from the pot A, right? From the first pot, which is all the world powers in Qatar, right? Because of the world, the FIFA ranking. 
So when they put those together, I'm like, okay, England, Argentina, France, cool, cool, cool. And I believe, um, yeah, in group when Argentina was good, and then it's like, okay, here's the first team that's going to face, you know, that's going to be in, in that group. And I'm like, please don't let it be Mexico. Please don't let it be. If it was somebody that was trying to, even though I knew we were going to get either Portugal, Brazil, Belgium, Spain, France, England, I'm like, I'm like, just let's not play Argentina. We always play them. They always kick our butt. And I was like, and I remember recording it. I'm like, uh, no. <laughs> and yeah, we got Argentina after that. Then it was Poland. So right there, I'm like, we have to be in the pot C. Poland and Serbia were probably the, I think Japan were the ones you were trying to avoid. I'm like, all right, we got Argentina. I'm like, all right, maybe we get an easy. By saying easy, a team that, you know, isn't highly ranked. I'm like, I hope it's not Poland or Serbia or Japan. And then we got Poland. And I'm like, man. Watch us get another hard um, in pot in pot four, which I think was Senegal, um, Cameroon was there, Ghana was there. I'm like, those are tough teams. And then you know Saudi Arabia came. Like, okay, an easier team that we should be able to beat. No res- disrespect, but overall, you know, I was kind of like, man, Poland, Argentina, Mexico in the very first one, not knowing the other one. I was a little worried. I think we came out okay. Um, I think you know, like every other World Cup, you know, we do have a yeah, a tough road, but at the same time, Mexico road. So, well, we pull it off somehow, right? Uh, we'll so, see what happens. Uh, I, hopefully, hopefully. I, to me, to me, the, the same thing. The, the thing that I always look at uh, when Mexico is get drawn on any group on on any of the World Cups, it's always who we're gonna face if we make it. Um, and we end up yeah. playing the group of France, and I'm like, eh, yeah. that's that's to me that's to me that's the biggest problem that we've had because. <laughs> By not being the first seed, it doesn't matter who you uh-huh. get. I mean, yeah, I'm even. I know it's a, it's a non-winnable game, but it's always the same thing. And and since I've remembered, uh, maybe 1998, I was not such aware because I was not so in like in tune with like how powerhouses work or or how things were. But beginning 2002, that group, if you guys remember, we got Croatia, who was the runner-up or the third place from 1998. We got Ecuador, Ecuador. and then we got Italy. Ecuador had just qualified second in in South America, just behind Argentina, because Brazil actually like got down a little bit. Or Ecuador was third. I think it was kind of like the same. It was it was Argentina was supposed to win the World Cup, and they ended up getting out in the first in the first round. First round. Then then you have yes, Ecuador, right? and Ecuador. Yeah, then Ecuador, yeah, Ecuador was a really tough team, and and we had to play them, and then we tie Italy. So I've never been the same thing happened in 2018. Like last, we, we were gonna play in 2014. We played Brazil in Brazil, and we tied them. Last World Cup, we were supposed to be obliterated by Germany, and we ended up winning that game. So mm-hmm. the first round is never a thing. Like we could, I could, we could easily tie Argentina or even lose to them. Like 2010, we had uh, South Africa, France, and and Uruguay. Uruguay was coming a lot better to that World Cup than France was, and Uruguay beat us. And we still made it to the second round. But to me, the problem that Mexico always has, it's the second round. There's If you're first or second, you always end up playing a superpower. Like, at least from, again, since I remember, since 1994, we've never got a second round where you're like, oh, we're playing Ukraine. Eh, We're playing Switzerland. (laughs) We might be able, like, we don't even get that. It's like, yeah, Argentina, Germany, Brazil. Like, and now it's going to be France. Like, if we make it, we're going to get France. So, wow. Um, Gene, how maybe about you? maybe with the World Cup curse, they won't make it out of the first round. France doesn't make it, but they're going to make it oh. out of the first round. Oh my it, god, no! It's true. Well, Germany. Everybody thought Germany could. You know, there's there is the World Cup curse. You're not, as soon as you, you never can't get know. out of the first group. 
Yeah. You never so, know. Gee, about, uh, I'm you the same with, with Carlos. I looked at it. Everyone's going, okay, what group is it? Oh, D, that's that's France. Not only do we get that, uh, yeah, there goes the round of 16 exit. So we need to be first in the group. If you remember 2014, Costa Rica was first in the group after having uh, Uruguay, England, and Italy in the same group. They were first. Who did they face? They faced Greece Ukraine. in the second. Oh, Greece, you're right. Uh, yeah. yeah, Greece in the second round. And then after that, they faced uh, Holanda in the Yeah. Uh, which would have been us. Went to yeah, which <sighs> imagine that. We would have been no, Mexico. No era if we would have won, you know, anybody that says, oh, we could have gone Costa Rica. Costa Rica didn't lose to England. That was a very I, I, good I was gonna, team. I was actually going to think that. I always thought, like, can you imagine you actually went past the Netherlands beating them and then you get out through Costa Rica? I mean, I think, I think would... the, the criticism would have been even horrible. Not like, and, and Costa Rica was an amazing team, but nobody was going to be like, yeah, Costa Rica was a great team. No, it was going to be like, it's a CONCACAF team. Why would they lose? Wow. Again, so, like in 2002. Yeah, it's just it's one of those things that we never know what's going to happen. It, again, we can we can predict and analyze as we know, like in any sports, uh, we can be surprised. It, it could be a, a you know Cinderella story in the making somewhere. Um, <laughs> I feel now, like I, I'm already I'm already expecting Mexico to lose against France. Well, that's the way you. Yeah, I mean, why, why get your hopes up high and then, you know, get crushed, right? Let's just kind of start low and see what If happens. we somehow get first group, then we get Denmark, which is good. They're good. <laughs> like, Denmark has a good team, right? Well, so How do you yeah, think, we'll how do you think we, we ended up, though, compared to, like, let's say Canada and the U.S.? So let me let me start with G. G, think, what do you think? How do we uh, compare to the other CONCACAF teams? So Canada has Belgium, Morocco, Croatia, and then you have the U.S., um, that has uh, England, Ireland, and of course, you know, un, you know, to be determined. Did we end up like the worst teams out of the three? You think? What do you What do you think? I don't think so. And I talked about this in the last podcast. I thought that it was uh, okay. When I saw Argentina, I was like, "Oh man, okay." But then I was like, "Okay, it's not that bad." But then when I start reading a lot of tweets and comments about it, and what Carlos said right now, like, "Yeah, but if we..." go to the second round we're beating what we're heading to france so i was like okay that's it so <laughs> that's just me uh but no i don't think we're going to be the worst team in Gugagaf. i don't think so yeah do you i don't know what do you guys think no. out of the other three because i think who has it harder is that, your question is when, who has it harder when yeah, the usa it? got england i was like <laughs> I, I still I still see the U.S. getting out of that group, though. Um, it all depends on how Wales or, or Ukraine or, Wales. or Scotland. Uh, most likely it's going to be Wales. Mm -hmm. I, I, I think Wales and, and the U.S., and they played recently um, mm -hmm. on, on a friendly. I think they they tied 1-1, they uh, or the U.S. lost 1-0. It was, it was very, very, very tight. I, Iran is a team that is very solid in the Confederation, but is usually not a, a powerhouse in World Cups, and... And there, even though there's, you know, that political storyline <laughs> usually when the U.S. plays around, and it's, it's not the first time they play each other. I, I think they mm -hmm. played each other in 1998, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so I see the U.S. getting out of that group. To me, England is one of the favorites. I think out of the mm -hmm. four, what, one of out of the four semifinalists from last World Cup, besides Croatia, because I don't see them as solid as they were last time. England, Belgium, and France, to me, are the top teams to win the World Cup. They yeah. still have their, their golden generations. They have a really young team. 
to me, they're the three favorites. And you can mm -hmm. add Brazil to that pot if Brazil can continue doing what they did in the qualifiers. So whoever is in those re in that realm of those four teams is actually you know pretty in, in a pretty bad shape. If they come out, if they come out in second, then they're gonna get the the number one in Group Another A. Right? Which yes. again, that, to me, could could be Netherlands, could be Senegal. I I don't think people should sleep on Senegal. Um, it could be Senegal, Ecuador. It could be Senegal, Netherlands. It could be Netherlands, Senegal. I think of that group out of the three that are there between the South American, the the, the African team, and and the and, and the European. They're very solid teams. And, and there, there could be a surprise on when sub coming on top because the Netherlands, especially right now that Louis van Gaal, you know, is having health problems. Like there's there's things that get thrown in the mix that, that might be that may be a little a, a little hard for them. So the U.S. is in a good shape in that sense. That even but the thing is that they're going to have a very competitive round of 16. And and to me, that's that's where, you know, they could just potentially go out at the same time as we do or their golden generation clicks and, and they do it. I just don't think they have experience to actually face those games and we see it with Mexico and he goes from Greg Barrow Halter to the team down. Yeah. Um, sometimes he doesn't plan those games properly and, and, the, and, the, and the games slip away from him. That's how he lost in Panama. That's how he lost um, against Costa Rica. So I, I don't see the U.S. as powerful and, and to be able to do it, but not as Also, they will be out of that group unless... Well, the only highlight wrong. that the U.S. during the elimination is that they beat Mexico. But after that, they really didn't... You know, they kept struggling against everybody else, right? So... I, I don't see that now. Canada was a surprise, but they got a hard time with Spain, Belgium, Germany. It, yeah, I think you know we're, we're going to either end up about the same, or we're going to. I think we're you know we'll probably end up with the better um, results. Than the However, in Canada, I will I will feel like Canada is one of those candidates to be a Cinderella story. Um, not because they will go really deep or go to the world like all the way to the final, but that team plays very well. Uh, I think it's they're understated. The most consistent, yeah. I think it's understated how well they're playing. They're getting on because remember that they actually got to the, the end of the of the qualifiers without Alfonso Davis on the field, mm -hmm. yeah. and and he's back. He started like with with Bayern yesterday. He didn't do so well. Obviously, he's coming back from that horrible COVID right. problem that that's causing him heart problems. But I think it's a very understated team, and they could be a they could be trouble for whoever they face in the round sixteen. And you, and if all things click because that team that team is clicking right now even though it's seven months away, they could make it at least to the quarterfinals. They're not going to make it. <laughs> I have a whole thing with Canadian fans for the whole year. Like, I'm just going to continue. They're not going to make <laughs> it. To me, the, the other thing, the only thing not that uh, in, in those co those conversations that Wiso has with the Canadian fans, it's that <laughs> I don't think they have a, they don't have a system in place for these to repeat. Yeah. They're finding a, gener a generation of players that is clicking, and that's great, and they have a great team. But Canada doesn't have a pathway yeah. for them to keep on growing to this, and that's yeah. something that they're not noticing. They just, they, I, I feel they're falling asleep on that. So they're going to have a really good success. And kind of the same thing happened in the U.S. The U.S. had a fantastic team in 2002. That's why we lost to them, and because that team actually beat Portugal, and Portugal was one of the favorites in 2002. That team was destined to play really well. We slept on them because we thought that oh we we beat them in qualifiers or whatever and we let them and we let them cruise past us and then they actually gave uh, Germany a lot of problems. Mm -hmm. But that generation, again, some of the players were aging and when they got to 2006, they didn't have a pathway and they crashed out on the group stage. So that's what I feel like could happen to Canada. The future of Canada, yeah. So let's go ahead and, and wrap wrap up that conversation and you know let's talk about another draw that kind of just got overshadowed by the last draw that nobody even talking about. <laughs> The Nations League draw. Uh, yeah, this is hard for Mexico. This, I don't I don't see them going on top of this one. I think this is going to be a struggle. Uh, I, why do we even play Nations League? Who, who, who has this idea was this? 
like, and I like how they drew, they were drew within like less than a week apart. Like, it's like, oh, okay, great. I don't it. <laughs> All right, let's move. Do we on. know when they're gonna. I know, I know it's in June, but are they playing in in Mexico, Carlos? Like, I. I was coming I, back. Like, I don't know. It's the U.S. games only. We'll see. I I, I don't know how the I, I need to go do the <laughs> Me too. On, like, on how the tournament is going to be out. Z. You did not put this in the agenda that you sent us, so we. Can I know. Get, uh, well, info well, because on it. It, it, it reflects it reflects reality. Nobody's talking about it. Nobody really like it's like over it's being undershadowed. Hey. It's like the, the U.S. really wants to win this because they called it to another trophy in a tournament that they won over us, so they're going to win. But I hear what um, we might take a young team to uh, the Nations League. So, oh, which we typically do. We typically do that. I, I, I actually think that's a great idea. I mean, regardless, the fact that you can, because when you have these things with pressure, because a lot of people talk about like how Tata is not looking towards the future when they don't have Acevedo on the team or they don't have certain like younger players on the team. Tata is not there for that. that let's make that very clear. A, a coach that is has a four-year project and has to focus on the World Cup can be thinking of what's going to happen four years from now in the next World Cup because if he doesn't make it to the past around 16, he's going to get out. If whoever comes in, then what future he was building? The new coach is going to come and select different players because it's his different style and he has a different way of seeing things. So to me, this is a part where you can actually start seeing which players can make it and there's there's a base where whoever comes in after can be like well i saw the games from the nations league and i saw this guy and i saw this guy and said this guy actually you know did it very well this one didn't this one fell under the pressure and and to me that's where how you actually start kind of building towards the future just giving them minutes to see how they how they do it but again at the end of the day the the tata era after world cup whatever happens with him he if he renews for another four years then there's a you know there could be a discourse on how that can actually happen. Most likely it won't, regardless. Yeah, it, doesn't look, it doesn't look good right now. Yeah. Regardless, unless he wins the World Cup, there's no way he's gonna, they're going to let him stay. <laughs> yeah. and, and whoever comes next is going to do his own group and his own list, and we're going to start saying, why is he that guy there and why he didn't take this guy? Mm-hmm. It's the same thing as always. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. Well, again, something that we can talk about down, you know, as it gets closer to that. But, you know, again, a, a draw that got overshadowed that what nobody really talked about. But... All right, we so let's talk about the upcoming game. Um, we got so we got a, a, a good list of upcoming games. More information will be coming our way. Uh, we know again the next game for Mexico will be in uh, Orlando versus Guatemala, April twenty seventh. They'll be here before you know it. Um, if you haven't already, your tickets are on our site. Go ahead and put in for it. Fill out the information. Um, links and everything are there. Uh, anything else that we can expect for this game? We so that, uh, that that we need to know about. No, I mean, it comes as one of the games, obviously, in the U.S. as part of the, the sum contract. And, you know, uh, especially now that they're, it's now seven months, those games are going to be really important. Um, so this one just has been scheduled. And, yeah, like people in, in Orlando. it's Orlando's kind of like a, a different type for all the fans that go. Sometimes when they do games, it gets sold out. Sometimes it doesn't. But what, uh, what people are selling is that there's going to be a lot of people in de Guatemala. So we might be... Uh, not uh, we we might not be the the um, what am I taking? No, seremos locales. Yes, that's it. <laughs> like we were against El Salvador on the second game at the Gold Cup. Um, so if you're planning to go go to Orlando, you can get tickets. I think the tickets are fairly uh, uh, cheap. I believe I think they're like fifty or sixty bucks compared to you know the hundred or hundred and twenty sometimes go. And then on the twelfth, um, uh, I'll. I'll be in Dallas because they're announcing all the games and all of for the whole year with 
with uh, all you know the tour that they have the next tour. So I think okay. Ecuador's already been thrown out there. I know there was a game against Argentina. Brazil's been thrown out there. Like so, it should be a lot of Comunable teams and a lot of teams that are in the World Cup because they're gonna want to play each other before. Uh, there was a rumor, obviously, Argentina. When we face Argentina, obviously, they're not going to play Argentina anymore. So look out on the 12th uh, for all of you guys that are in Dallas that are going to uh, um, that are there from from the Dallas chapter. I'll be seeing you guys, and then hopefully we can go to this this cool event that they're going to have. I believe uh, there's going to be uh, like uh, like I believe there's going to be a DJ and a band and all this, and they're going to be trying to make a pretty cool thing. So I'll be there. Right, so, so keep an eye out for that date then on the 12th of May of, of May is when we're going to get the, you know, official list, uh, stadiums, uh, opponents and stuff like that. So put yeah. that on your calendar. All right. Well, it's time to wrap up. And again, we got to wrap up with our post of the week. Um, of course I cheat a little bit. My focus is like the post of the month, but again, I call this the post of the week. All right. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> cool freaking... The production like value in this is awesome. <laughs> I mean, like, the next next sucker show has to look like this. Like, I know. I know. <laughs> Can you switch my voice to that from now on, please? You're putting us to shame over here. We never. All right, here we go. Uh, I want to talk like that forever. I was I was between that one or the other one, but it sounded more like uh, more like a my post of the week. <laughs> here we go. All right. So my post is this one. This is when we were after Mexico City. Um, there was the article or there was a post by Landon Donovan that went viral saying, basically just calling out, you know, the, the, the Estadio Seca, saying, what the hell? What happened to the Estadio Seca? When I played against the Mexico team in Estadio Seca, it was a true home. We had, you know, there was music. I mean, it just felt like it was, it, it was, you know, it was, there was some friction or something there. When I went and saw the Mexico US game, it felt like I was in an NFL game. There was YMCA. There was, you know, some, you know, uh, just American. I mean, it was it was embarrassing, dude, to be honest with you. And and there was times that I was looking at G, going, "What the hell?" Yeah, I was like, "Really?" So and not- they, they even played uh, the Beach Boys when yeah. we were doing like the wave, and I was like, "What?" Yeah. I feel like there's like there's two sides of like U.S journalism and talking about the azteca one this dirty smoke batteries pee driven like this horrible environment and then when it's not like that oh it's not you know we don't have you know it's now it's this uh it's it's we don't even you know we don't fear the azteca anymore it's like it's like both sides of it and even when that article came out that donovan's like yeah i feel like he's wanting all that because he complained about the smog about the oxygen you know that he had to take when when efrain juarez like ran past him or whatever but I, you know especially with this game I feel like they put it together because of COVID. It wasn't full. Um, yes, no, 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 pesa. But I feel like there's like two extremes sometimes. I, I have, I have, I have. Here, here, let me, and Carlos, maybe you can confirm this, or maybe later on. But I also understand that the Cardinals were out there that weekend, uh, flew out there because I saw that they were because mm-hmm. of the NFL game that they're going to be having this upcoming year. So I'm thinking, did they try to conform to the to the Cardinals and the NFL saying? Hey, look at we can make this there we before, but I was just like, was there a correlation there, or, or maybe no, I'm no. just kind of overthinking it? No. no, no, no. Um, well, the game, the the official, the official statement of who's going to be playing the Arizona Cardinals comes out on May. It will be right after the draft. Um, I mean, you've heard it everywhere. The Niners want to be that team. We'll see if the the league would actually approve that. Yes. Uh, 
the problem for me with that game is that most likely the date of that game is the start of the World Cup. World Cup, right? Yeah. November, uh, November 21st is probably the date that they're going to pick. So it's gonna be, it will be on Monday Night Football, which technically it isn't because they want to fill, their main focus is to fill up the stadium. Um, that's what they want. I, If they're thinking about like television in Mexico or whatever, then that's a whole different conversation. But the main thing is we're going to put the game, we're going to put it, it's going to be sold out and, and they're expecting that. So, but I don't think NFL has anything to do with that. There's, to me, there's there's a couple of things that ch- that change drastically. One is also how our team is conformed. Um, when in the '90s, the early 2000s, most of our players didn't play in Europe, and when you have players who played in America, Cruz Azul, Pumas, and they were home and they're playing in Azteca, they made a big difference because they were. Coo- Efraín Juárez, who at that point was one of the best players in, in Mexico City, was able to pass, like, fly past Landon Donovan because he played in that smog and in that altitude all the time. When you have all these big trips from the players, the European players, taking 17 hours to get to Mexico City, if you put the game at 3 p.m., it's going to affect just as bad as it affects the U.S. It's going to affect the Mexican players. So, and also, FIFA put a rule that, I, I, don't, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but FIFA actually put a rule that if there's a certain... Uh, whether like you can't play in the altitude they switch all those games away because they they took that away from bolivia uh, brazil uh, is not a, is not able to use the the, the, the stadium that was a four thousand meters over sea level they had to scratch that out and, and move to, to the maracanas and the, and the ones on the, on the beach so if you put a rule that in order to keep the players healthy you try to avoid as much of things that could be potentially bad for them funny enough that's only with the heat and the altitude yeah, but they never Canada. said anything about the, 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 the cold cold i think i think now i think because of what happened this past year uh fiva might start looking into that because they don't let the europeans do that um like europeans don't play in the cold they don't the do, cold, they no. do that themselves so fiva might look at it and say hey listen it's the same way if the temperature is like 15 degrees 13 degrees you can't put the game there put it somewhere like it's like mild because the whole idea is that you see the best match that you can have and it has to be as evenly matched as you can we're used to having that like oh i want to have a home, home like home advantage but it's just not then also how things have changed with the national team and like the kind of people who go to the stadium and how they get behind the team to me that's where it doesn't you know well, it doesn't really make a difference because the, at the end of the day, the, things like the weather and that, you can't control it. And besides the fact that you can put the game at midday like they used to, um, but that's obviously now with the rules, you can't do it. And it will be counterproductive to your own team. Like, it's, it's just, like, wow. just going to be like even that. Then, even then when people are saying, oh, we used to play at 12 o'clock, that game that everyone remembers in 2009 was a Sunday. And because the FIFA day, like... It's not like Mexico goes, oh, by the way, we're getting the U.S., we're going to play at 12. You can't play because the FIFA was on a – the game was on a Wednesday. You can't have it at 12 so people don't go to work. Why? And at the same time, it's – remember, all those games are on the same time. Who dictates what time they're going to be is the the federation. So, yeah, goes, you're going to be at 3, you're going to be at 4, you're going to be at 5, you're going to be at 6 because of TV ratings. So when yep. everyone says Mexico used to have an advantage because we used to play the games at 12, that was one time, 2009, and it happened to be on a Sunday, and everybody played at 12 because it was on a Sunday the game. The stars aligned. That, yeah, so yeah. so I don't think people understand that they're like, oh, the Azteca pesaba. Because of those conditions before, we can't have that now. Now, that being said, they could do a lot better on production, turning off the lights and having us do the cell phones, uh, you know, Cielito Lindo on the yeah, – if we start playing well, the crowd's going to dictate, the, you know, how we're going to play. And it's, you know, I was there four years ago when Mexico played. 
um, uh, against Costa Rica, which is a full stadium, right? And it, it, it sounded awesome, right? And 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 it was the atmosphere was there. It's just that we've taken it back. COVID. It wasn't a full stadium. We, I mean, yes, I know. We barely got tickets like two weeks in, in advance. So, yeah. and the fans are not not happy with that as well. They so. not ha- I mean, they're saying fire. Not no All right, let's let's go on. Let's see. Here's uh, Weasels. Uh, tell us about. You. <laughs> Yes, yeah, I mean... Do you hate Mexicans? Are you a racist? Do you hate Mexicans? <laughs> you you <laughs> ask, like, what's... what's Regardless if it's good or bad, obviously this is going around. This stupid politician, J.D. Vance, used... The, this is how his political campaign starts. Are you a racist? Do you hate Mexicans? And then it goes off. That's what people are calling us when we wanted to, to you know, to Trump to build a wall. Obviously, this guy's using uh, a, a topic, you know, that Trump did, you know, five six years ago. Sorry to get political, but using, are you, you know, are you a racist? Do you hate Mexicans? And that's kind of going around. Any, it's going kind of going viral. People are using it, and I was laughing really hard when. Uh, Ana Gallego said, you know, when the hotel doesn't have Telemundo. Telemundo. <laughs> Dude, I, that's happened to me before when I went, and it's like usually in states where, again, it's, it's, it's you know, the, like the south and the east. I'm like trying to find, you know, the game in Telemundo or something, and, and, it, and it doesn't come up. I'm like, what the heck? It doesn't, yeah. They don't have the then, It's funny because it's like, are you a racist? Do you hate Mexicans? And it's funny that Carlos is on this broadcast because he's in Telemundo. So I thought it was fitting. I thought it I, was I, I I have no comments on the on, on the campaign, but there's always an answer because Telemundo has the app, so you can always watch us in the app. <laughs> nice plug-in. There you go. And uh... <laughs> yeah, so if you're using that, I mean, if you're using that uh, as a meme, everyone's using it right now. Yeah. So it's pretty funny, and I can't believe some stupid politician did that. All right, and we're gonna end up with G, and that was why I made the baby the baby noise because it's very cute, uh, typical G fashion. This is baby talk like that. Give me that voice to introduce this. Uh, what? That's just you. So, how do you say the name of the mascot? La Eb, La Eb, La Eb, Lib, La Lib, La Eb, like La Yun. But like Layoon, but Laib. Laib. Okay, I've seen so many mixed opinions about it, but I love it. I am Everybody a strong believer no. of what? Everybody likes it, right? No, no. They say it bitter. looks like Casper. Like yeah, it, I mean, looks it looks like, like a Casper, cartoon. Like... But I love it. I'm a I'm a huge believer in less is more and I think it's brilliant, it's beautiful. And that when you see all the other mascots, when I saw Piqué and Juanito, I was like crying literally. So I really like it, and this is my tweet of the week. I like right, it. Yeah. I thought it was pretty cool. So if, say, so yeah, yeah, I'm going to ask if somebody goes to the World Cup, I need one of those, please. He needs a uh, Laib. I I need one. Yeah. You know, yeah. they're not real. Like he's not real. <laughs> she wants the real. <laughs> like there's not a flying. Like... <laughs> Thank um, you. Did you say a laib when you were out there? Okay, so I, I actually didn't. I'm actually wondering how they're gonna because now that now that we said it, uh, I, I, I want to see... be like a guy. No, I, 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 it's it's actually a real question because now that now that now that Gabby brought it up and, and we brought it up, 
I want to see how it's implemented on the stadiums. If it's like going to stay as a, yeah. yeah, if it's going to stay as a virtual thing, uh, because I think part Probably. of the enchantment of, of Laid is the fact that he floats, right? Como un holograma. Yeah, right. So that's, that's what I'm saying. If if they don't do it like that, I I doubt it, you'll see something with feet a, like walking. It's going to be like an actual animal. Or maybe maybe it's gonna be like guys in sticks, like I don't know. Yeah, that's actually a good question. All no, right, but well. I, I, I'm with Gabby. I think it's a good concept. Uh, it's very culturally relevant to them. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. It's it's a I think it's a it's a cool execution. And I think even the people say like, oh, it's Casper. I feel pretty. People like Casper, right? Yeah, like, I like Casper. Like, it's a good right? reference. He's yeah, a exactly. Friendly ghost. Come on, you know. Um, I, I, th I thought it was like a was it a, a ray like a what is it called a, a stingray? Like yes, yeah, a stingray. stingray. Yeah. So. All right, well, guys, I mean, dude, this conversation uh, was amazing. Again, once again, my friends, thank you for joining us. Uh, you know, we look forward to more stories and more things coming as we get closer to the World Cup. Um, you know, again, more content coming your way. It's going to be a lot of things to discuss. So, again, just want to thank you for your time. Uh, Carlos, um, you know, just want to close us out. Any final takes, anything you want to close us out with on your end, anything you want to close us out with? No, uh, like I said, I, I expect a, a very a very interesting World Cup for all the reasons that I said at the beginning. I think it's going to be one of the best World Cups on the field that we've seen in a very, very long time. Uh, depends on what side you're on. It might be fortunate or unfortunate. It's the last World Cup we're going to see with 32 teams. It will be definitely expanded for the next one. But I think overall, as a, as a, as a product and, and the things that we can expect from it, it should be really exciting. And then obviously us as, as fans of, of Mexico just hope to have you know, a good showing, and and I am I am one of those believers that is like you have to you have to play those powerhouses at some point if you want to make it right. Yep. Obviously, I would like the same. Like it's it's a lie if you say you wouldn't like something that it's more accessible or closer to your level because you know right now you're not, you know, at France caliber specifically France. When you think that they have Mbappe and Benzema, that's it. You don't have to even think about the rest of the team, but you have to play them. And and if you actually want to make history, you have to beat those teams. So. To me, just the fact that you get to watch your country play against a team like that, and if you can have a good game, that I can I can live with it. Yep, thank you. I appreciate. I mean, you make a good point. Um, all right, we so what, what do you have for us? Close it out. Uh, to me, I, I go back to the fans, how we have been so crazy and so angry at our, our Mexico and how badly they've been playing. But as soon as the World Cup draw, we're like, we're going to make it out of the group. <laughs> like, we already forgot how we could not score in three games, how barely our trident is not working, how we've seen Mexico really play really bad. But then the World Cup fever starts, and you go, Mexico's going to make it. And you know what? They might shock Argentina. And then, yeah, we got France. So I'm saying all that is that World Cup fever has started. You're starting to see the mascot. You're starting to see the stadiums. And, you know, those. ever since you were little, you know, you're getting excited. Panini was announced today. You're going to start getting the book. And it's those things that, regardless how – horrible your team is playing you start hoping you start getting you know getting ready for it if you're traveling you're gonna start that the headaches of trying to find tickets it's here um and you know if any questions that you have about you know about travels let me know i'll try to answer as much as i can and i want to thank all of you guys for for you know for having us but you know I, i'm finally there like it's a world cup year and even though we have seven months it feels like it's just around the corner yep and it is i mean time flies right so g what about you what do you got Uh, pues eso, I'm with Carlos, I have hope, I always try to be like the optimistic, I mean, even though I'm mostly angry at Mexico, those recent matches uh, in El Azteca, you know, see, like, uh, we were like, Ugh. but uh, I have hope, um, 
I was one of those people that we can beat Germany. We can, we can. And everybody was like, hell no. And we did. So I, I'm trying to stay optimistic. I know it's going to be an amazing World Cup. I have hope in the boys. I hope uh, they can make a good job uh, in Qatar. And yeah, I'm excited for all the content we're going to have from now on, uh, from uh, Wiso, from Carlos, and from everybody that's involved in the World Cup process, and with Mexico especially, and with all the games that are coming up. So yeah, very excited. And thank you uh, both for being here. Excellent. All right. Well, with that, thank you once again, again, from, you know, the Bay Area to the hot, uh, always hot Arizona and Mexico City or not Mexico City. Now, uh, you know, the, uh, you know, I mean, where, where do I live? See, I always forget where she lives. Uh, got, <laughs> I don't know. Where do you... <laughs> Campeche. Campeche. G. Yes. Luego. Join us next week as we do. <laughs> Host of the week. Vicente, un chingón para cantar. Tiene humilde que historia para contar. Y hay un chingo de estrellas difícil para terminar. Y la banda norteño, nos empiezamos. Son las 3 de la mañana y no paramos. La cerveza en la hielera, las inflamos. Y aunque lleguen los azules, nos